baptized with the Holy Spirit. Baptized with the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 9. We are a Pentecostal church. We believe in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the infilling or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we believe it is of God and from God. And that it is for us. And that it has not ceased. That is what we believe. We do not believe in cessation. We believe that the power of the Holy Spirit still flows. Still ministers to his body. We believe that there are gifts of the Holy Spirit. Gifts of faith. Gifts of miracles. Gifts of healing. Gifts of tongues and interpretation. All of those gifts that they are still active in the body of Christ. And so... Uh, this morning, we're going to go to the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 4 through 9, which is the beginning of the church. We're the church, and we need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Acts, chapter 1, verses 4 through 9, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Can you say, wait for the promise of the Father? Which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Say, baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power. Say, you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated this morning. Thank you, Lord, for this word. Thank you for the reality, Lord, of this transforming power that you have given to us. It is your word. And God, I pray that, that it would not only be a word for, of God for the people of God, but that it would transform and change us and renew us and strengthen us. And Lord, I ask that you would baptize each one of us afresh in your Holy Spirit today. Father, we ask for it. It is a gift, and we believe that you are giving it to us. I ask that you would bless this word. Bless the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, that it might be a word of God for the people of God. Amen. As I said in the beginning, Pentecost Sunday is next Sunday. And when you begin to look at the book of Acts, it gives us a plan for the church. When you look at Acts, there are beginnings there that were never meant to stop. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit comes and 
people get saved. That's what happens when the Holy Spirit moves and when the Holy Spirit baptizes us. And so as we look at this, the book of Acts is an account of the growth and the development of the early church and the Holy Spirit's part in all of it. Can I tell you that a church will not grow without the Holy Spirit? It is the Holy Spirit that draws people to God. It is the Holy Spirit that convicts people to come to Him and to His house. It is the Holy Spirit that will heal bodies and do miracles so that people begin to look and people begin to ask questions about what is going on uh, down there that uh, church cross point uh, church what is happening you see we need the Holy Spirit and it is still alive amen and active today in the midst of his church and as we look at this book of Acts it traces the spread of the gospel And throughout the book, there are, hear this, 32 countries, 54 cities, and nine Mediterranean islands that were transformed by the living power of God, the Holy Spirit, even though there was intense opposition and persecution. You see, the devil will fight. Can I get an amen? He will try to control. He will try to oppress and depress and, and oppose. And, uh, but I can tell you that as long as the Holy Spirit is allowed to move and to breathe into the body of Christ, that we will never die, but that we will grow and develop as a body of Christ. You see, we must allow the Holy Spirit to flow. We cannot snuff it out. We cannot uh, quench the Holy Spirit. but we need to allow the Holy Spirit to flow. We uh, need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it is in this book of Acts that we see a central role of the Holy Spirit in the life and the mission of the church. The church life and its mission depends upon the Holy Spirit. And it is the baptism of the Holy Spirit not some program. It is the baptism of the Holy Spirit that is God's way of empowering His church to spread the gospel message of Jesus Christ. I'm not against a program. I'm not against any kind of thing that will try to get people into the house of God. But I'm telling you, if it is not baptized in prayer and it is not baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit, that it will fall flat and it will fall short because we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We need the power of God flowing and breathing life into everything that we do. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit in the Bible in in Acts is characterized by speaking in tongues. And you don't hear this preached too often anymore. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is typically characterized by speaking in other languages. And it is that that we see in the book of Acts. At least three different times we see that once people were saved, that they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues. And what I want you to understand is that in the book of Acts, it was not weird. It was not something that was... 
just happening occasionally, but people were being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues. On the day of Pentecost, the Bible tells us that those people came out of that place that they were meeting and they were filled with the power of God, that tongues of fire set upon them, that the wind of the Holy Spirit began to blow into that room. It was a sound of a mighty rushing wind. And when they came out, they began to speak in other tongues and to declare the goodness of God to people in their own languages. People from all over the country were gathered to Jerusalem and it was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And on that first day, my friends, 3,000 people come to know Jesus Christ. We cannot do it without the empowering and the anointing and the overflow and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit We must have that empowering, that Holy Spirit that baptizes us. And can I tell you that it hasn't stopped? We need it today as much as they needed it then. Matter of fact, I think we might need it even more. It does not seem that times are getting better. It does not seem that persecution uh, has stopped and opposition has stopped. And the Bible tells us that the times will grow more evil as we go, that the men will be lovers of themselves, that men will do all kinds of wickedness and evil. And we need the power of God to fight against the, the strongholds of the enemy. And we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit in our lives today. Look at your neighbor and say, we need it today. Can I tell you that Jesus' work is not done? The writer of Acts, who is Luke, also wrote his first gospel, and in it he says, I'm going to teach you about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. And when Luke finished that book, Jesus wasn't through working. Uh, can I t- he's still working he's still working that song says he's still working on me he's still working in the world he's still casting out the enemy he's still doing all those kinds of things and the book of Acts is simply a continuation of the working of Jesus Christ through his people and by the power of the Holy Spirit you see we need that empowering of the Holy Spirit in our life we cannot do without it nothing will be a substitute for it and we need it and I tell you that when we look at the book of Acts we see the success stories all the growth all those kinds of things but that's not how it started when Jesus went to the cross and he died and he's yet to be resurrected there was some disciples who were hiding out who were behind closed doors, who thought they're going to come after us after they've successfully taken care of Jesus. But there was a a group of women, oh, thank God for women, who went to the tomb, and, and there they met an angel that said, He is not here, but He is risen as He said. And Jesus declares to them he meets with them in a room and he says I'm going to breathe upon you the Holy Spirit and it is many days before they they feel that filling of the Holy Spirit but it's come it's come Jesus recognized that we need the Holy Spirit despite all the obstacles of that first church 
They had nothing going for them at first. They had no money. They had no proven leadership. They had no technological advances like Facebook Live or, or any of these Instagrams or any of those kinds of things, but they simply by word of mouth began to declare the goodness and the mercy of God. Oh, that we would open up our mouths. It's not for just one person to declare the goodness of God, but for his whole body to tell people about Jesus. Despite all of the things that came against the church, those disciples still turned the world upside down. And the reason, Acts makes it very clear, is because of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Not because they got together and said, let's make this program Let's make this work. Let's see what we can do. Let's put our minds together. No, that is not what happened, folks. They begin to flow in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the word begin to come forth. And people begin to be drawn because that's what the Holy Spirit does. It woos. It, it, it pulls people to Jesus. And, and, and it begins to love on them and begins to uh, tell them, it, it come to me and cast your burdens upon me. Uh, uh, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You see? that's what the power of the Holy Spirit does as it begins to flow and it attracts people to Jesus praise the Lord unless you think Acts is history I want to remind you that the book of Acts does not end with an amen many other books do what does that declare to us that we there's 28 chapters in Acts but it ain't done look at your neighbor said it ain't done we are Acts 29. We are the church of today. It's still empowered by the Spirit, still driven by His Word, still filled with the Holy Spirit and the anointing power uh, to cast out the enemy and to, and to heal bodies and to, to make uh, uh, things happen in the kingdom of God. You see, we are the church and we are not weak if we're empowered by the Holy Spirit. God's calling a church that is without spot or wrinkle. It is a church that is going up out of here victorious. It is a church that is still winning souls for the kingdom of God. I'm telling you that we are a church that has received the power of God. Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power. Somebody say, I need the power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and into the uttermost parts of the earth. And I'm telling you, this is the central key, the verse of Acts. Without it, you, have, you don't have Acts. But what I want to tell you, that is also the outline for the book of Acts. Those disciples... And those 120 that it tells us about, they got together and they began to pray. And the Bible tells us that it's like 10 days. It's 10 days. It's 50 days total. 
that they're there. That's why it's called Pentecost. And they begin to pray. And I believe they, they had to repent. I believe they had to get right with each other and get right with God because God won't baptize an unclean vessel. And they begin to pray and they begin to call upon God and God sends the power. And they walk out of that place and they begin to speak in tongues and begin to witness. And Peter preaches his first sermon. That disciple who denied Christ three times and he's filled with the boldness and the power of the Holy Spirit and he begins to preach and begins to declare and souls come to the kingdom of God. We need that empowering of the Holy Spirit. And they went into Jerusalem and then they went into Judea and they didn't like it there either. Then they went into Samaria. Jews hate Samaritans. They were a mixed people mixed faith a little bit of Judaism and a little bit of other world religions and they didn't like it that's the way God works when you don't want to do something that's exactly what the Holy Spirit says you're going to do I don't know about anybody else I didn't want to preach I I was good with just coming to church uh, leading a few songs maybe teach a Sunday school class but the Lord said no you're going to preach the gospel and and so the, the Holy Spirit had to come down and get a hold of those disciples and and say you're going to preach not only to Jerusalem but to Judea and to Samaria and then even worse to the uttermost parts of the world. Look at your neighbor and say you're a Gentile. We ought to be thankful that that didn't end with Samaria but to the uttermost parts of the earth. Oh, thank God that those disciples those believers, that first church, that growing powerful church did not stop, but they kept pushing the gospel out into the outer reaches of the world and they reached us eventually and they reached all of us and we know Jesus Christ because of the power of the Holy Spirit to transform lives and to propel the kingdom of God. What a powerful, powerful book. I love Acts. It's a wonderful book. And I told you earlier that Jesus isn't even done yet with his work. Acts 1-2 says that Jesus, right up until he ascended into heaven, was continuing to do his work. Jesus wasn't lazy. You don't need to be a lazy Christian. You need to do the work till the Father calls you home. You need to do the work till you're laying in the casket or until we all rise to meet Christ Jesus in the air. You you see, Jesus wasn't done and he kept working until he ascended. And then I get this, Acts chapter 1-2. It tells us that Jesus began to speak commandments to the apostles in and through the Holy Spirit. What? Why would Jesus do that? And if he chose to use the power of the Holy Spirit to give commandments, what does that tell us? We need it. If Jesus chose to use it, then we need to use the empowering, anointing, life-giving force of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need that. Look at your neighbor and say, we need the baptism. The Holy Spirit gives us 
that edge that we need, that effectiveness, that power, that efficiency, that productiveness that we need in order to carry out the plan of God. I love the setting of this. Jesus is getting ready to, to ascend, and he knows it's going to be bad on the disciples. He knows it. He, he's already seen the destruction of Jerusalem coming. He knows what, what all, he knows they're going to go through all kinds of things. But he doesn't say, go hide in the bunker. Don't hunker in the bunker. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, oh, just sit back and twiddle your thumbs because I'm going to come. No, he says, you get out there and you get busy. As a matter of fact, an angel comes after Jesus has ascended and he says, what are you doing standing here looking? You get yourself to Jerusalem because there is a work to do and you've got to be empowered with the Holy Spirit before you can begin that work. My friends, don't start a work for the Lord without being empowered and baptized in the Holy Spirit we need that baptism of the Holy Spirit and I know it's not popular to preach it I know that we have come upon an age that is so seeker friendly but I think it's become so seeker friendly that we're all actually driving seekers away that they come to us because we are different and because we are empowered with the Holy Spirit and they see a difference in us Whenever somebody has a problem, they don't go to a, a somebody who's weak, but they go to somebody that they believe is empowered with the Holy Spirit, and they say, pray for me. I know you believe in healing. I know you believe in miracles. Would you pray for me, Pastor? Would you pray, pray for me, my friend? So we need the baptism. If you want to draw seekers to the Lord, be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You won't drive them away. The Holy Spirit is one who draws See, it was the promise of the Father. That's what it said, the promise of the Father. And if it's a promise from the Father, it's worth waiting for. If it's a promise of the Father, then I believe he's going to send it and we're going to receive it. And we already have, my friends. Uh, I believe if it's a promise of the Father that we should be waiting in eagerness and anticipation because what the Father sends is good because he's a good Father. Oh, praise the Lord. I believe if God promised it, he will fulfill it because he is a God of his word. And my friends, if you are not baptized in the Holy Spirit, I want to let you know that it is a gift from God. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to get just in the right place and, and say uh, just these secret words. No, God will give you the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We need that baptism. You shall receive the power. Dunamis. Power. The word we used to get the word dynamite that anointing that power of God it is a I looked it up it is miraculous power and ability with abundance and might mm. oh God give us some miraculous power with abundance and with might fill us with your power from on high God endue us with power we need your Holy Spirit we need to be baptized and that power. Empower your church, Lord. And I've done my best this morning to.
try to instill a thirst in your spirit man for the Holy Spirit, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But it's easy. It is simply a gift. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is for those who have accepted Christ. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is for those who have believed. If you are saved, my friends, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for you. It's for you. When we ask Christ to come into your... This is a word picture, and I want you to see it. You may have seen this before. But when you are saved, the Holy Spirit comes into your life. And He fills you up. And He transforms your thinking. And He changes your character. And He makes you into a new creature in Christ Jesus. Isn't that good? And you are filled up. But I'm talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is a separate work of the Lord. You must be saved first, but then you can be filled with the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Here's the believer, the saved one. And this is the Holy Spirit. But it's not that good of a picture because the Holy Spirit is unending, ceaseless. It is a springing up well, the Bible tells us. It is a, a river of life. And what happens is when the believer comes to the Lord and he begins to say, I want more of you, Lord. I want more of your Holy Spirit. I want to be more like you. I want to be empowered. What is happening is we are emptying ourselves out of our own pride, out of our own uh, thinking. We are emptying ourselves. And the Holy Spirit says, I can use somebody who's empty. And he comes along and he begins to pour water into us. He begins to baptize us. And he begins to outpour upon us. And he begins to overflow. And before we know it, we're, we're immersed in the power of the Holy Spirit and I poured enough in there just to make sure it run out just a little bit. Because when you are immersed in the power of the Holy Spirit, it will flow out to others. And it's going to get on somebody else. <laughs> Old timers used to say that it would, that, that it would just, you know, uh, splash out onto somebody else, that it would, that would get, get on them. And, that, uh, you know, for too long, one person be shouting here, and another, another person beside them begin to shout and begin to bless the Lord because the Holy Spirit flows and it begins to outpour and immerse us in Him. We need, the world needs this, an overflowing Spirit-filled, baptized person. The world needs that. It needs it. It needs us to be. And can I tell you, the, great, the greatest news of all of this is that it hasn't stopped. What happened in Acts is still happening today. 
And God is still flowing. And so if you are thirsty, that, that was my, all, all I wanted today was to make you thirsty for more of God. Thirsty for the Holy Spirit to come into your life and to overflow you. And so if you're thirsty this morning, I want you to know that these altars are open. That, that we believe in laying on of hands and the infilling and the baptism of the Holy Spirit coming. And we believe that God can do it and that there is nothing stopping a believer from being baptized in the Holy Spirit. If you're here this morning, you just need special prayer. You see, I'm not a pastor that believes in just getting up and giving a little soft word. I believe in challenging you to make a change in your life. So if you want more of Jesus, my friends, these altars are open. If you have sickness in your body, the Lord is here to heal you. If you just need a touch from the Lord and to grow closer, He's here.